Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I am Rick Hyland. You're in for a treat today. We have a special guest to talk about mental strength training, growth mindset, and some tools and techniques to, uh, when you're in a rut, start choosing to think rightly. Um, remember in uh, a recently published book, Live Your Purpose, and you can find that on Amazon or, my, or on my website, www.ciforlife.org. You, uh, we talk a lot about having purpose. We talk a lot about connecting that purpose to goals. And then the discussion about what happens when things aren't going perfectly or swimmingly right after you've set these goals or you've set this direction in your life. What happens when setbacks happen? And that is the thing I think most people struggle with most uh, very often in accomplishing their goals and dreams and aspirations in their best life. And so Karen today has some awesome tools and techniques, has lived through her own story of tragedy and has chose to uh, uh, move forward and progress and advance in her life. And she's got some terrific ideas on how to apply growth mindset, the idea of, of developing your mental strength, not just your physical strength or financial well-being. So I love it. You're going to get a lot of insights today. I hope you enjoy. Karen, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Rick. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I got to say, uh, I'm over here on the East Coast, and we had our first little flurry of snow, so it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right for Thanksgiving. So um, we're grateful uh, that you're on today, and I'm very excited to talk about uh, growth mindset and mental strength training and mindfulness and all those things today. But why don't we start with your background and personal story? Karen, do you mind sharing that? Absolutely. I, I get this question a lot in the sense of how did you end up talking about mindset and, and why do you care so much about it? And honestly, it was uh, my personal experience and tragedy that um, helped me to just understand the power of mindset and really have a new appreciation for it. So uh, when I was 29 years old, I was married and uh, working for a national home building company. So I was a recruiter, worked in HR and leadership development for most of my career. Um, my husband was a CrossFit owner, so he was one of those crazy people who okay. was always doing insane Love those workouts. guys, yep. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of heart, a lot of heart to be a CrossFitter. Uh, but we opened the CrossFit box um, uh, in March, and so okay. we were in August when all of this started to transpire, but uh, I was at home doing some interviews for VP position. And uh, as I was on my house phone, yes, very ancient, but I was on my house phone yeah. and uh, I noticed that my cell phone started buzzing. And so when I picked up my cell phone, I noticed that I had several missed calls from one of our gym members. And so I initially thought, you know, obviously something must have happened to my husband. Maybe he fell off the rig. Maybe he broke his arm. Maybe he, you know, hit his head. Um, our minds are so sophisticated, they can fire off a billion thoughts in a millisecond. So I was going through all those scenarios. And in the midst of that, you know, again, I'm on an interview with a candidate. Um, I had just asked him a question and was able to put him on mute at the same time she was calling back. And okay. so uh, when I answered the, the phone, I heard screaming. 
And I couldn't quite make out what she was saying, but this was the moment that changed the trajectory of my life forever because what she told me is that my husband had been shot. Uh, Someone walked into the gym while he was teaching the class and um, he died instantly. Wow. So, you know, it's um, one of those experiences, obviously the gravity of, of the scenario is just, it hits your heart really heavy, but I think it's just one of those experiences that many of us have had in the sense that you just never expect that you're going to get this news or you never expect your life to turn out this way. I mean, gosh, we're living through it right now. You know, we never expect to be in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, And so, you know, while the, the way that my husband died, you know, again, it's very traumatic. It's a life experience that all of us can relate to at some point or another. And so uh, my son was two at the time and I went through, they say there are these phases of grief. I just think that's baloney. It's, it's all mixed up together. It's not very clean cut and, and I'm an organized person. So I was hoping for some clean cut phases <laughs> Steps. of grief. Yeah. And it's, right. it's not, it's messy. It's messy. Mm. But what I found in that mess, you know, because my son was really my North star and, and I was just so determined to, not give up, even though I wanted to, you know, the pain was really heavy. I, I did not think that life was fair. I couldn't imagine how to take a next step when I just realized that life can change in an instant. I'm like, how do I even take a step forward? But uh, what I realized was the power of the mind. And so as I was focusing on all of my pain and hurt, rightfully so, yeah. um, but as I was focusing on that, that was dictating um, you know, the, the spiral that I was living in, it was keeping me in this really dark space. And so as I looked at my son and I realized that I had two choices, I was either going to give up, which I felt like I could, I was sitting around Ben and Jerry's cartons in my bed. I hadn't showered in a couple of days. I was like, giving up feels right. That's what I should do. Um, but I knew that I couldn't let that be his story. And it all started with that small shift in my mind to say, I'm either going to lay here and accept this as defeat, or I am going to choose my next step forward. And that was the small shift that started me on this journey. Wow, powerful. You you can choose. You have the ability to choose. And you have this idea in your literature called stop and shift. Is that is that where it comes from? And, and where else do you see application for that? That's exactly where it came from. See, I was focusing on the man that killed my husband and how horrible he was. And I just want to let you guys know, I mean, seven years later, we still don't know who this person is. So talk about really having to find forgiveness and choose how you're going to move forward when you don't have closure. Sometimes we don't get that. (laughs) And so, uh, so I, I was focusing so much on his actions and what he did and, and, you know, the pain that it caused. And so I thought to myself, I, I have to Stop focusing on the negative and I have to shift to a positive, productive direction. Now, I didn't know this at the time. This was probably three or four years later that I could articulate it, but I could visualize it in my head. I could see that I was replaying that night, that I was replaying my loneliness, my anger. And so visually, I decided to shift to the future. Okay, Karen, well, what do you want? Or how are you going to, you know, it sounds cheesy, but take these lemons and make lemonade. Because in my mind, for my son, I wanted to be able to show him that you can take something bad and turn it into something good just in your response. And so I had to 
stop the negative thought cycle and shift my thoughts to a more productive way of thinking. And I, I think it's so important to stress that, you know, positive thinking, it doesn't make everything better, but being negative always makes it worse. And I was determined to not uh, increase the suffering that my son was going to go through. I didn't want to increase my own suffering. It was only later that I heard the the parable, the Buddhist parable of the second arrow. Have you ever heard that parable? Uh, just remind me. I think I have. Yeah. So basically, you know, life brings inevitable suffering. We're going to experience hardships and, you know, we're going to have natural worries that occur. And so while those thoughts may come up, it's when we dwell on those thoughts or when we are uh, frustrated with ourselves for being anxious, or it's basically the way that we intensify our suffering is our second thought and the way that we dwell there. The first one comes up, sure, you may feel grief, you may feel anger, you may feel frustrated, but if you continue to stay there, you are intensifying your own suffering. And it was in that moment that I said, okay, I'm going to choose this path. And I decided to find an alternate path. And it all starts with your thinking, your thoughts. Yeah. The mind is such a powerful thing. So I've seen some of your material online, Karen, and I love it. And uh, I want to talk about that later on and maybe have you share a few things that are online and where people can find you, but, uh, and some of your uh, YouTube speeches and whatnot. And you coach clients a lot of times. So what what other application areas are you coaching people around this idea of stop and shift? Is it, is it everything from weight loss to uh, um, depression to issues at work? Or what are the application areas people can think about? It's, it's so funny. I am a branding or marketing person's worst nightmare because they always say to me, they're like, well, who is your target audience? And honestly, yeah. Rick, it's everybody because right. we've all been through stuff. Right. And, and when clients find me, they're coming with different experiences. You know, I've worked with other widows or widowers. Okay. I've worked with uh, people who have gone through transitions in their job and it was unexpected. So they're trying to find yeah. their way. You know, people have gone through divorces. I have a client who recently came to me because he literally had a mini stroke, ended up in the hospital and they said they couldn't find anything wrong because he was a very fit guy. He cared very much about his physical health, but they can't measure stress. And so when he left the the ER, he realized that the way that he had been managing the weight of 2020 finally caught up to him. And that's why he ended up in the hospital. So mm-hmm. he came to me because he's like, I just have an overwhelming amount of stress. Business has changed. You know, one of my kids did get COVID. I have two of them off to college. I'm constantly worried about them. So it was really just the weight of life. So yeah. the, the audience that I speak to, you know, instead of me thinking about, okay, well, you know, who am I really talking to based on the problems they have? No, no, no. I think who am I talking to based on the desires they have for their life? Got because it. we may find ourselves at the brink of burnout or, you know, at the uh, fork in the road of a life altering experience. But the way that you choose to move forward and the desire you have to grow through what you go through that's my tribe. Those are my kind of people. <laughs> mm. Oh, powerful. Love it. Okay. Let's dive right into growth mindset. Uh, and I first became familiar with the idea a few years ago, reading Carol Dwick's uh, comment. And I, this is, I don't have a lot of regrets, but this is one of the ideas I wish I knew raising my young children now that yeah. they're old and adults, but tell us about what is growth mindset and how do we apply it? And what application areas do you, do you see for us? But let's start with what, what it is. Yeah, growth mindset is, um, 
I feel the same way. I wish I learned about it when I was even younger, yeah. right? When I was a kid and I was going through my own struggles. Yeah. But, uh, but it's really just believing in your ability to learn and, yeah. and fixed mindset. So if we're going to talk about growth, I think it's also important to shine a quick spotlight on fixed. It's just being rigid and being closed off with new experiences or believing in your abilities to push past what's comfortable. You, you don't see that as a possibility. That's sitting in a fixed mindset. And it's not just reflective of what you believe you know, for yourself. It's what you believe in others. And so a growth mindset is, yes, about learning new experiences, but, but it's also about being open and flexible. And, and really, I like to say, going with the flow of life. And whether that's learning new skills because you, you know, want to achieve a greater accomplishment in your career or whether it's just you want to be a better parent or a better partner, you know, growth mindset applications, they're uh, evident in those relationships as well. So I would say being open and adaptable so that you can reach your full potential. That's where I see a growth mindset coming into play. I love it. So I, I wanted to break down the discussion into maybe at home with relationships, either with children or, or our partners or and also at work. But let's talk about home first. Like one of the rememberings I have about growth mindset, it's the idea when a report card comes in, instead of focusing on the A and you're successful because what happens if one day they're not, they don't get all A's uh, and focus mm -hmm. on and have the child learn. What did you learn? How did that feel? And try to create and foster the idea of openness and learning rather than I'm only recognized and successful if I get all A's. Is, is that how we apply it? Or do you have other thoughts as, as far as parenting or at home? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I really was testing my own growth mindset when we got into this homeschool situation. And okay. I was like, yeah. I've always known that I'm not a teacher. Like I, that's not my thing. I love to work with adults, like adult learning. I'm cool with it. When it comes to kids, like I can barely do homework. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know that about myself. And I saw, you know, the development in my own growth mindset when my son was home and he's a great student. He also battles with perfectionism in the same way that I did. I like to call myself yep. a recovering perfectionist. Me too. Me <laughs> and too. so I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to help him realize exactly what you just said. You don't have to have a hundred. You don't have to have an A. Did you do your best? And so there was this moment uh, back in the spring where he was working on math and he enjoys all subjects, but he really likes math. But he is the kind of person where his confidence comes when things are easy. When he feels a little challenged, then that's when he starts to get really hard on himself. And, I, and the negative self-talk, man, that starts yeah. at an early age. Yeah. And so I saw him getting frustrated with this new area of math that he was learning. And, and so I, I saw him, you know, writing harder. And so breaking his pencil because he was writing so hard and, and his face getting a little red and tears welling up in his eyes. So I stopped him for a moment. I said, Hey, you know, what's going on here? And he just wasn't willing to adapt the way that he was applying the strategy. So he kept hitting this block. So I said to him, I said, you know, I think your brain is feeling a lot of stress. Why don't we take a little break? So we walked away. And again, one option could have been saying, well, you need to figure it out. Try harder. What did yeah. your teacher tell you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what I said was, I said, Let, let's walk away for a moment. So we walked inside because I had set up a, a table in the garage. I wanted him to have some fresh air. But I felt, let's change up the scenery. So we go inside and he told me why he was frustrated. And so I said, why don't you go over into the pillow? Just scream into the pillow because I could see the pent up frustration. So he did that. He screamed and he did it once. I said, do it again. He did it twice. Do it again. So I was encouraging him to really mm. get all of that energy out. 
And that burst is a really great um, opportunity to get your frustration or anger or any negative emotions that you have. We need to be able to get it out in a healthy way, right? Not, you you know, directing it towards the person who's closest to us, you know, not being spiteful in our actions, but really just getting it out in a healthy way. For adults, it might be going for a run or taking a shower. But in this case, I let him yell into a pillow. And then when he came over to me, I said, you know, I think there's one more thing we should do. I said, let's go upstairs. And I think you should lay down for like 15 or 20 minutes. Now he thought he was in trouble because I was sending him to his room. So I clarified for a moment. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. But I said, you need to take a brain break because when we feel stressed, our mind stops working. The flow of information is cut off because of the cortisol, the toxic chemical that is released in our body at that time. So literally your prefrontal cortex shuts down and you have no good decisions that are coming out when cortisol is running. And I saw that in him. So I said, but if you lay down, then it will give your brain an opportunity to relax. And I hugged him, which is also good for our mind. I hugged him. I held him close. I held just a little bit longer. (laughs) And then I let him go upstairs. Rick, when he came downstairs, he had not only a new attitude, his mind was composed and he knocked out those math problems in like seven minutes. It was so fast because he just had to reset. Yeah. So I, I feel like you know, when it comes to growth mindset, the way I approached it was, hey, I'm not going to yell at you for not getting it done right, for not getting it done quickly. And I want to equip you with the tools because yeah. the next time that you hit a moment where you're stressed or you can't think straight, now you'll know, okay, what can I do to take care of myself so that I can just hit the reset button and be better when I re-enter this situation? Oh, brilliant. I mean, it's 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 a practical example of your stop and shift. So thank you. That's a uh, real yeah. world in uh, 2020. Exactly. So what about work? Yeah. What can we think about at work with growth mindset? I mean, you've already mentioned one thing, that transforming or change of job is happening all over in 2020, right? Um, So there's a lot of change at work. There's a lot of stress, always is, to perform and deliver and hit goals. What advice or what examples do you have around growth mindset at work? Yeah, so there are so many different changes that are happening. I wish we had so much more time to to navigate that, but I'm going to give two quick examples. One is I know a lot of people have lost their jobs. And I actually, at the, at the end of the year, losing my husband and I went through, I lost my house, my car, my job and and losing my job was the the last straw. And so you can imagine, and, and honestly, it was a complete surprise because I had been performing well, everything was great. I was hitting my numbers, training other people. So this was a huge blow to my confidence. And as a single parent, my mind just started to spiral, right? So as I'm sitting there in the car, boo-hooing my eyes out, so frustrated, not sure what to do next, it dawned on me. And this is where stop and shift came into play at that moment, too. I thought to myself, you know, this is an opportunity to create a life exactly how I want it to be. Hmm. Instead of showing up for other people, I can now pursue being an entrepreneur because that is going to give me the freedom and flexibility to be the best single mom I can be. And that was my focus. Remember, my North Star was my son. Right. And so even though my confidence was rocked by this uh, termination, I thought to myself, but it is what I make it. So now let me just take the next six weeks to explore. Could I do this? Like, 
let me look at my network. You know, could I get a couple of contracts that would, you know, help me to build this business? And you know what? As soon as I set my mind on that track, all the doors started opening. Mm. And I really, really believe that. Like what you focus on expands. If you're focusing on your frustration, your disappointment, that's all you're going to be. But every single challenge offers us an opportunity to be creative. So I decided I was going to be creative. I gave myself a time frame, and now I'm doing work that I love to do, which is honestly the biggest blessing I could ever ask for. Like for you to be able to do work that gives you energy, that yeah. allows you to continue to grow and be your best self, like that right there is not something to take lightly. So that's speaking to people who may have experienced the un- uh, unfortunate loss of their job. Yeah. But then there are folks who are like, okay, but I'm just strange because work looks really different. You know, it's trying to manage so many things, especially if you have kids at home and you're trying to be present in your meetings. I mean, it's just, it's crazy chaos at this time. And so I think there are a couple of ways to approach it, but the main way I would say is to enter this space with compassion. Understand that everybody is different and everybody is under a lot of stress. There are some people who don't know how to work from home well, and, and so they're trying to figure that out. There are some parents, there are single people who are dealing with isolation. So in your work interactions, put compassion and empathy at the forefront. And the reason why we do this and, the, and how it ties back to a growth mindset is it allows you to identify how to approach each situation based on the individual. So you're being flexible, you're keeping an open mind, you're not projecting your expectations on them and keeping those, you know, rigid expectations uh, around them, like they have to be held captive by that. No, because you don't know everything that they're going through. So as long as we continue to keep compassion and empathy in the midst of our interactions at work, that will help us to remain flexible and open because we're going to need to be creative about what work looks like. You know, you can't go back to back virtual meetings, have a little break in between, you know, check on people and really ask how they're doing, how their family is doing, and just be considerate of that. That will help you to nurture stronger work relationships than it would be if you were to only focus on work, focus on the human. Yeah, that is so important. I I had a boss one time, Ricky Mazur, that uh, that was his strength in the middle of all the stress and challenge to achieve big goals and and big objectives with our clients in our consulting business. He used to just take you for a 10-minute walk and look you in the eye, put his arm around you and say, how are you doing? Not talk about the business, not talk about the client, not talk about all this, but how is Rick Hyland doing? And it was just powerful. And yet we get so busy and so focused that we forget to uh, check in with compassion. That's a great example. Thank thank you for that. Of course, one of my favorite quotes by Richard Branson is when you take care of your people, your people will take care of your business. And one of my clients, uh, Lee Kipper, who's an incredible uh, sales guy, but also an amazing human, for 15 years straight, his team outperformed every other team in the company and had the highest employee satisfaction rate. And it was because he did exactly what you just mentioned. Okay. He would just take care of his people. He would get, and, and the reason I throw that out there is because that is a mind shift right there, right? Focusing on work tasks, responsibilities, you know, we have to hit these numbers. We have to get to the bottom line. All yep. of that is usually at the forefront of your decision-making and interactions. But if you just shift your mindset to care about the people behind those numbers, the numbers will come. Well said. Powerful stuff. Okay. 
Karen, this is amazing. And you also talk a lot about mental strength training uh, and mindfulness. So can you talk a little bit about how mindfulness fits in here, what it is and how it applies? Absolutely. So I started using this term mental strength training, probably because my, my husband was a personal trainer. So I, I thought about the, the correlation between our mental health and our physical health. A lot of yeah. times we focus on our physical, you know, eat right, work out, get enough sleep. Um, but really there are some habits that we can practice, some exercises that we can practice that will also develop our mental strength. And that's Great your point. resilience, your grit your agility. Uh, so, so I love using the term mental strength training, but it really does overlap with mindfulness. And mindfulness is just paying attention to your thoughts. And the way that we strengthen that, there are so many different exercises. I mean, you know, one thing is uh, practicing meditation. A lot mm -hmm. of people are like, oh, that's kind of woo-woo. But no, there are so many studies that show yes. why meditation is impactful. And so if you're not ready to spend, you know, 15 minutes just you know, following your breath. Another way to practice meditation or, or mindfulness is going for a walk and not taking your phone, you know, just listening to the, to nature. Or if you hear somebody else walk by, or if you take a deep breath, it's all about being present. And the reason that is so important is because it strengthens your prefrontal cortex in your brain. That's what my meditation does. It helps you to be present. And the more that we are present, it helps our focus, our decision-making, our creativity. I like to say that um, our prefrontal cortex is like the CEO of the brain because all executive functions come from that area. And so we have to strengthen that area if we really do want to be our best. Meditation, you know, taking a walk, uh, taking a break from our devices, these are all things that will help to create a healthier brain. Now, sometimes people think that your brain and your mind are one in the same, and they're actually not because as we talked about earlier, there are those initial reactions, right? So your brain is that initial thought. It just kind of happens. And it, because we're wired, you know, to uh, protect ourselves from danger, or we're wired to consider what the risk may be. And so that's how our brain is naturally wired. But our mind is the power that gets to choose what thoughts we focus on. And so the more that you sit with your breath, the more that you take a walk that's uninterrupted, you know, the more that you just stretch and are present in the moment or, or focus on the conversation that you're having, all of that helps your mind to be stronger so that you can manage your mindset and strengthen your brain. Yes, well said. I, I have a specific example I want to share with you, Karen, and get your reaction on how mindfulness and mental strength help. And I love your metaphor. We, we work so much on walking, running, biking, keeping our physical strength up, but what are we actually doing every day to do the same with mental strength? So here's the example I want to run by you. Um, there's daunting statistics out there on goal setting and how abysmal people are at achieving. And one stat uh, that I remember off the top of my head is New Year's resolutions, right? We come in January, we might write it down or have in our head, we're going to get in shape, we're going to save money, we're going to, you name it, physical, mental, spiritual, et cetera, et cetera, goals that we might have. And we achieve 18% of those New Year's resolutions. But the goal setting stats in general are not. Uh, and of course, there's all the structure on good goals, making them smart goals, making sure there's accountability, visibility around that. And I love all that. But I've set this big goal. It could be a spiritual one, a financial one, a, a physical one, a relationship one. And I get a few weeks in and I am not achieving that goal yet. 
I haven't lost the 10 pounds. I haven't saved the $1,000, whatever it might be. How does mindfulness and mental strength come in to help us accomplish our goals? How does that fit? What, what advice would you have around uh, how to help us accomplish our goals and, and get off the mat and he- get headed in a positive direction? Yes. Well, so direction right there. That's a key word. So our goals help to give us a good direction. Yeah. But what happens is we get so fixed on the end result that if we do not meet it, even if we just miss a day of working out, then that negative self-talk comes to distract us from really what's most important. And that is progress. If you are headed in the right direction, you should celebrate every baby step that you take to get there. And when you do, then that is going to help to build your momentum to keep going. And when you don't, if you miss a day, keep the right perspective. Maybe you needed to take a break or because your body was telling you to, or maybe other things just happened and interrupted your, your perfectly planned day. So that's why it's so important to just go with the flow. And yes, goals are great, but you have to be present in the moment. And so, so what I do whenever I'm setting a goal, for example, uh, I don't love working out, but I want to work out because I know all the benefits. I want to feel better. I love feeling strong. I want to have a long life for my son. So my goal is to be healthy, not just to work out. So then I break it down to, okay, well, what can I do to be healthy today? And so today, did I work out? Today, did I eat right? You know, today, did I go outside or did I stretch? Awesome. And today was a good day. And I take it one day at a time. Now, ultimately working towards a goal of losing 10 pounds or, you know, saving a thousand dollars, that is a phenomenal way to uh, set a direction for your thoughts. But you also have to be mindful to not beat yourself up yes. if for some reason you do not reach it in the time frame that you desire. And here's a really great example that can help somebody. Uh, you may think for my business, I want to make $10,000 a month. And when I do that, you know, it's going to be because it's going to be because I'm uh, doing speaking engagements and each engagement is $10,000. But what if that's not the direction of your life? What if you also have books to sell, online courses? What if there are other things that contribute to you hitting that goal? So it's the same thing if you apply it to your physical health or financial goals. If you just have a goal that's also like a dream, I like to say, you know, dream and and point your thoughts in that direction, because then that allows you to be more flexible in your approach to get there. That is a great example. You may... You may have a, you know, we talked yesterday of my new book, Live Your Purpose or Goals, and uh, you may have that direction in your life, but you need to be present so that you can be flexible if the direction is slightly different than you were originally thinking two months ago. What if you're so rigid that, oh no, it's this goal or nothing, but yet if you're present, you might be super aware that there's an opportunity here to take it, you know, 45 degrees left and get even a better result for my overall happiness and success. Yeah. So that I see now where that flexibility and openness comes in. And if you're not present, if you're super rigid, you'll miss it. You'll completely miss that opportunity, right? Exactly. Exactly. And another way to think about it, like when you tie it back to physical health is you may say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds, but maybe you lose some weight and you gain muscle. So is it really yeah. about how much you lost or is it about how you feel and what your body is now, you know, you're more mobile, you're more flexible, you're stronger. And that's what matters. And sometimes 
those goals just have our mind, uh, you know, in a small area that's in, that we think is important to us, but it limits us and it limits the possibility. So let's just open that up and say, yeah, this is my goal, but I am open to how I get there. That right there is true fulfillment and success. Yeah, direction and then be open and flexible. I want to get your insight on a couple other ideas that I write and think about and coach about. The idea of uh, gratitude and acceptance. You've already talked about the idea that, you know, if your goal is to uh, save or make a $10,000 in your business this month and you only made seven, but yet, yeah, the previous month you made three. So you're actually improving and to be grateful uh, about the progress you're making versus the ultimate goal. So gratitude and, and, and that helps you stay positive. And then the idea Karen, of accepting if you're stuck on, well, I missed my goal because it was X, Y, Z from 90 days ago and you don't get through accept, you're, you're unable to stop and shift. Your comments about either one of those two principles to helping people? Absolutely. So when it comes to gratitude, it's this simple. Focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. Yep. I remember when I was falling asleep and I, and I couldn't get to sleep. My mind was racing. I was, you know, I was in misery. I was feeling discouraged. I would lay there and I would just say, thank you for this pillow. Thank you for these clean sheets. And I just got really, really basic, if you will. Okay. Uh, correct. And when I did that, it helped to bring peace. See, again, your thoughts create a ripple effect in your mind, in your belief system, even in your physical well-being, because our mental is tied to our physical. I talked about those chemicals that are released. You get to choose which chemicals are going to fire off based on the thoughts that you hold on to. So I didn't want to feel miserable. And maybe I wasn't happy just yet, but I at least wanted to feel at peace. And so I focused on the things that I had instead of what I don't have. And that was a game Danger. And that's also really important for entrepreneurs, right? Because as yep. you're building, you don't know what's to come and you have to remain open and you have to persevere. So in order for you to maintain your momentum by highlighting these wins, I like to call them confidence checkpoints. Write down those things that you're grateful for. Write down the blessings that came your way, the doors that opened, the people that met and that you met, and that will help you to keep moving forward. That's the, that's the growth is moving forward. Now, when it comes to acceptance, you know, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, uh, I had to accept that my husband died. And yeah. it is a very, you know, uh, hard thing to accept when it was so sudden. You know, even I know people who had time to say goodbye to their spouse because they were uh, battling cancer or other long-term illnesses. And it was still hard to accept that they were no longer here. And so what I realized in my journey of acceptance is that when you accept something, that doesn't mean that you're okay with it or that it was right or yeah. justified, or yeah. even if you have to accept someone as they are, that doesn't mean you're condoning their behavior. Acceptance is just a matter of acknowledging your starting point. Mm -hmm. Where you are today, this present moment, again, this is mindfulness, where you are and who you are around, what you have or what you don't have, you know, your living circumstance, all of those things, you have to accept it even if you don't like it because that is your reality. If you do not accept your reality, you are quite literally living in a false reality yeah, stuck. because you're holding yeah. on to things that are not true. <laughs> exactly. And, and 
you are resisting the flow of life. So you'll never yeah. make progress because you're trying to work with things that are not a reality. And so again, a great example of this is accepting where you are in this moment. You know, have you met your goals for this month? Maybe not, but have you met uh, your goals as by exceeding last month? Yes, that is gratitude and accepting where you are in the moment. And now you can say, okay, this is where I am. What is my productive step forward? Acceptance will help you to continue to make productive steps forward because you are fully aware of where you are today. Fantastic, Karen Allen. You, wow, this is fantastic stuff. I really appreciate your time today. So I know people are going to want to hear more. So where can they find you, Karen? Yes, you can head over to my website, karenallen.co, not .com. (laughs) And uh, you're going to find so much great information there, whether you are looking to bring change to your company or just to your own personal life. If you're looking for some some tip sheets and tools, uh, I have a lot of great inspiration and educational information on my website. So feel free to hop on over there. And I'll put that website on the notes as well in the podcast. So Karen, I really appreciate your insights today and your time and uh, thank you for sharing it with us and and, uh, congratulations on your own journey. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. 